You're listening to The People's Pitch, the official podcast of Minneapolis City Soccer Club, brought to you by Football Stadium Prince. Let's start the show. And as I talked about just a couple minutes ago, as Joe Watt stands over this one, he appears to be the one taking the penalty here. Uh, this is a huge confidence booster if you're a Duluth. Worst case Elder scenario for here City for right more. here. And it's stopped! Yes! And it's stopped! Totally Matt Elder! <laughs> Matt Elder redeeming himself! Oliver with the right foot. The shot is Goal! Oh, Oliver! And Justin Oliver! will break the scoreless tie. Well, then it is one nothing Minneapolis City. It's Hutton now on the offense with the left foot. And oh, the goal! goal! It is now two nothing Minneapolis oh, yes! City. Good finish. Nick Hutton taking his quick victory lap. It is still cold as shit in minnesota but soccer is in the air my friends this is the people's pitch podcast the official podcast of your minneapolis city soccer club i'm your host john and with me warming up his game day vocals is the nate morales <laughs> nate are you are you ready or what man? yeah dude uh i'm warming up the game day vocals i'm firing up the game day playlists i've got I've, I've got a lot going on this week man to get ready uh got the, I, got the button bar ready for you know it goes. you know it additional sound bites <laughs> It's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. I am. I am gonna be firing on all cylinders, uh, starting Wednesday this week. Yeah, we'll we'll learn more about that. I, I too am also, you know, getting ready. I uh, I watched I watched the game back earlier today just to kind of remember how the booth operates and when I should <laughs> should stay stupid shit and when I shouldn't. Um, you know, so I I feel like I'm I'm getting there. I maybe one more rehearsal. And, sure. uh, and I'll be good to go, I, I think so. But tonight is all about looking forward to three seasons. Let me say it again. Three seasons of soccer crammed into one summer. We are talking about not only the UPSL, the NPSL, and the USL League Two schedules. All the SLs, Nate, we're covering them all today. All of them. What, <laughs> what the schedule looks like for this upcoming soccer week. And what to expect from us is we flex to cover all this crazy stuff in the next few months on this here show. So there's really no reason to dilly-dally. So we're going to dive right in with the UPSL. Yes. Yeah, man. Uh, This year, just like last year, uh, Minneapolis City will be playing in the UPSL Midwest West Division. Um, Very uh, hard to understand how how the UPSL is organized, but that just know that that is what we, what the, division that we are playing in is called uh, mm-hmm. 10 other teams are going to be in this division with some new faces and a few, I would say worthy adversaries this year, instead of uh, a little different than last year though, where last year we had MC two, which was kind of the, uh, the, the evolution of the U 23 team. Some guys that would get called up, some guys that had been called up from futures. Um, some guys that went up to the NPSL by the end of the year, really this year, the UPSL is going to be the futures team. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyone that played uh, on Minneapolis City Futures throughout the winter time is eligible. I know there's gonna, there was some spring programming as well, where some college guys will come back and play. Uh, but yep. for the most part, for the most part, the UPSL is going to be all futures all the time. So if you want to see what is going to be the future of Minneapolis City and get on board with some of the hot young players before they blow up in the NPSL or USL two, this is the place and i saw the roster john for wednesday 
And yeah. we're starting out hot. We are not messing around. We, we are, are not. We are going forward with some of our most valuable futures players in the roster on Wednesday. But let's talk about first, who are the teams that we're going to be playing against? All very local, except for maybe one or two. I think Dakota is probably the farthest. Maybe Austin, Minnesota. Um, but we've yeah. got the Brooklyn Knights leading off the uh, leading off the season. We played against them last year. Valora FC, John, you know a lot about them um, because they're kind of well uh well established in the in the amateur soccer community locally right mm-hmm. yep yep we, granite we tangled, city. tangled with them a few times yeah granite city uh gave us a gave us a run in the upsl playoffs last year and we'll be we'll be firing against them again this year rochester fc uh, our old friends fc minneapolis are back mm-hmm. dakota yeah. young stars that's the team from sioux falls coming all the way which is nice Turbo FC. I'm not really sure where they're from, but I think they're. I, I guess I heard they're fast. <laughs> My favorite team of the of the ten, Austin Villa from Austin, <laughs> Minnesota. I mean, I think what if hey man, if that's that's where your team is from, that's great. You got to go all in on that. Yeah, lean, yeah, lean into it. Yeah. So the villains it. will be coming to town. Maple Brook 58ers, which I believe is the next step up in the Maple Brook youth system. Well, they were uh, supposed and then, to be in the league last year, but something, I don't know what happened. Um, yeah. But yeah, they're making their, they, they wrote their check and the UPSL said, sure, why not? Come on in. And Come then a in. New, another new team besides Austin Villa, another new team is Ibusa FC. That's E-B-U-S-A-F-C. Uh, don't know a lot about them, but we'll see them. We'll see them this year at the Nelly. Yeah. I mean, the, the first test, obviously, you know, you mentioned the Brooklyn Knights this Wednesday, and we'll 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 drop in all those details in a second here on on when folks can can show up and where to go. Um, but uh, surprisingly enough, looking at the standings from last year, they were they were uh, one of the teams who was really surprising when we look at the table because they finished second mm-hmm. um, behind Minneapolis City two. Um, even though it was kind of a runaway division for MC2, they, they finished with 25 points and Brooklyn Knights had 16 behind them. Um, but one thing I noticed too, is that there were only two, there were two teams in the division, um, that played nine games, um, and everyone else played eight. I don't know. I, I took this from the UPSL website, so I have to believe it's true, but, uh, Minneapolis city and Grand city, we only two teams that played nine games. Um, was that adding in that like weird playoff game that they made us play? It might be. It might be. That's a good point. Because everyone else played eight games, so that, we only we weird. played only once, except for Granite Granite City. Yeah, so maybe that was what they did there. But uh, Granite City finished third, which I thought they were the best team in the division. But I did also, admittedly, did not watch the Brooklyn Knights play. Um, but you you did, and you were gonna gonna talk through that. But um, yeah, it's good to see that there's some some new blood in here. A ten team group is a little bit heavy in my opinion uh, i think like i think eight is kind of tops you know so there's uh, you know four and four and four or, um home and away um but yeah i, I don't know like upsl is always a mystery <laughs> but why don't you tell us a little <laughs> bit of um <laughs> but so first off like we're talking about brooklyn knights are coming up um the upsl midwest west division is what i like to call an m night Shyamalan movie <laughs> So some people think they know what it is and some people know, think that think they know what it is and everyone has to wait until the end and then there's always a twist and then they find out <laughs> what it is. That's the UPSL. Uh, and the Brooklyn Knights were 
you know, one of the teams that like we, we talked about contested last year, uh, leading to their second place finish, um, just buying MC2 before just disastrously crashing out at the end of the season, uh, where I think they blew a huge lead that would have put them into that playoff spot. Um, and then Grant said he was able to sneak in. So um, you saw more of them than I did last year. Mm-hmm. So why don't you go give, give your, your, your uh, rundown of who these guys are? Yeah, we caught the Knights a little earlier in the season last year, too. Um, I believe we'd only played three games each, and we were both kind of tied for first place as, as the two undefeated teams. Oh, no, because anyway, um, at least if I remember right. Yeah, they they, we finished undefeated, so they they were at the, at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't really seem interested, it felt like, to deploy a lot of offensive pressure throughout the game. Um, they had a lot of lazy defending. They had some bad turnovers. I remember they have a, they had a goalkeeper with some really goalkeeper with some really bad hands, um, and we 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 scorched them. I think to the tune of four nothing goals from Cole. Uh, I think Derek Olman, Popkin, Nils, a lot of goals in that game, and it was it was not it was not cool for for Brooklyn. And they never really tested uh, Mitch Wolf, who was our goalkeeper for that game last year, um, which is fine. So I, I'm just interested to see this year what their offense looks like against against a much more junior team of City last year because we or this year because last year we did have those kind of veterans you could say on Wy- that MC2 squad right yeah. between Olman and Cole and even you could say Nils is was was a little bit older Mitch Wolf Abai. um yep a by Mitch Wolf helping helping organize that back line without that this year I'm interested to see what what the Knights deploy against us and whether or not they're able to bring a little bit more pressure against our defense. I kind of feel though, that like this season is going to be kind of much of what we saw last season in this division where it's, it's, it's not a lot of preparation for your opponent. It's kind of just going out there and just playing playing. your system. Yeah. Not, not even your system, just like (laughs) kicking around on like a nice day. Yeah, some of the, some of those teams are definitely like that. Yep. Yeah, and then you know, then there's the you know the likes. I'm, I'm sure Maplebrook will be relatively organized. Um, you know, and and uh, same with Granite City. We we saw that in the past, and you know, some of the other teams were organized. This didn't have the firepower, but uh, I, I feel like you know the futures group. I, I I'm interested in to see what happens. I'll talk about it a little bit here in a bit, but I think that they. Minneapolis City might be the most prepared team in the division again. I may be wrong, but uh, it seems like that. Hard to hard to think that we won't be. But yeah, uh, yeah John, I, you're you're right. That was kind of my big question: is the futures are going to, like I said, are going to be the ones that are running in these UPSL games? We know that some of them in the in the, eventually would be more likely to to get called into action with the NPSL and USL two teams. Uh, so who are these young faces that we want to get excited about this summer? Well, Nate, if there's one mystery for our club, which we don't have a ton of mystery around here, uh, it, it's who the future staff deploys for not only this match, but in, in these games. Uh, what we do know is that there are some names that, uh, that folks familiar to this pod uh, have heard of before, most notably uh, future McAllister center back, Nick Kent, who we had on our 200th oh. episode and is the youngest brother of former Minneapolis city defensive staple, Max Kent. Um, but along with Nick, there are some, some notable players. And, and you mentioned before that, you know, it's primarily built up of players that were in the futures program and over the winter. 
and into the spring a little bit, but there is a handful of what, what I'd call like futures veterans that are, are coming back from their first year uh, away from the program in college. So if you kind of go back to where we were when we first started Minneapolis city, where, yeah, we had some of the Intel guys, you know, like AO and, uh, and, and, you know, Andy Laurie, uh, Matt Elder, um, you know, Nate Engle, those type of guys that, that were just, you know, graduated, but playing, but then you all, you had your freshmen, sophomores in college that, that came back into the fray. Um, and we still have that, but for the futures program being only in its second year, uh, there are players that are coming back. Josh Wackerfuss is coming back. Uh, fun name to say, but also a fun player to watch. Uh, but but Josh is Josh uh, was was at Luther Luther College for his, his freshman year. Johnny Bear, who was at Upper Iowa. Uh, Will Falkman, who was over in Scandinavia playing um, within a pro system, is back. As well as uh, standout goalkeepers Peter Forseth, who was at Casabas, and Evan Siefkin who was the Mayak goalkeeper of the year as a freshman at St. John's. So like you're, you're mixing them in with the talent that we saw in the future winter session. And it's going to be real fun to watch. And, and every city fan honestly should really get out to the Nelly to watch these guys run. Um, but for me, the one question that's out there, Nate, is are these boys ready to jump up and play some grown ass men? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great, that's a great point because it, it's, it's not, common in the UPSL I would say for everyone to be as young as our players will be Um, you're going to get guys that are especially on some of these teams like um, like the Brooklyn Knights or Valora um, even even Granite City you're going to get FC Minneapolis for sure you're going to get guys that are have been kicking around the Minnesota (laughs) amateur soccer yes the amateur soccer scene for quite a quite a while um you know, some older, older, maybe African immigrant players, um, mm-hmm. older Hispanic players that, that know how to play and know how to play with each other. So it, it, it could be an interesting season for the, for the futures, but we will find out first starting Wednesday. And if I'm any college coach out there that's recruited into the futures program, and there's quite a few out there, I'm delighted that the players that I'm going to be getting at the end of the summer, this is what they're doing this Mm -hmm. in the summer because it's so invaluable for an 18 year old to face off against a 25 year old or older and not just like the physicality of it but just like the the mental uh acumen of some of those players that have been there before and seen more on a soccer field it's going to be really really good for these younger kids to to not only see that but to understand how to navigate it and then once they get to college that you know that fifth year senior using his COVID year isn't as scary as that twenty eight year old guy from FC Minneapolis. You know, right. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, they mm-hmm. might be a better player, but like physically, you're like, you know, I I, I went up against someone who was bigger, faster, stronger, and I I, I know how to navigate that. So I, I really think it's going to be a benefit for these guys. And and talent wise, though, you know, you look at you look at at, at the the roster. And there, it's full of young, talented players. I think that you know, the, you look at Leo Run, uh, Runstead is is I think the youngest player, and he's going into his senior year in high school, and he's gonna be doing this over the summer instead of trotting around and, and winning seven nothing against like Adina, you yeah, know, <laughs> like which is, at his own at his own age group, which feels feels a little more valuable. 
Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Um, but anyways, game details, 7 p.m. on Saturday, uh, May 7th. So this, uh, sorry, not, not, not Saturday. That's the next one we're going to talk about. Uh, Wednesday, May 4th. So in two days mm-hmm. uh, from this recording, 7 p.m. at Edor Nelson Field on the campus of Augsburg University, the Nelly. Uh, tickets, no tickets uh, sales are, are happening. So the game is literally free. So you have zero excuses from a pocketbook perspective to, to not check this game out. So you're definitely going to want to come out. As far as stream goes for this game, but for all games, they will not be, there will not be a live stream, but there will be, uh, uh, there will be a recording of the game going up on uh, the 11 sports app mm-hmm. uh, after the fact. So fans will be able to see on a delay. Um, these matches so definitely check out uh the the uh the club page on 11 sports and uh you'll be able to check out this match if you uh don't take up the uh the free 99 offer that we're having for these games uh, <laughs> at the nelly uh on wednesday may 4th at 7 p.m john next up i want to talk about the npsl north uh yes. that game of course comes that season opens up on saturday and this year's North looks like the pre-pandemic NPSL North with mm-hmm. the Twin Stars coming back, which is very, very exciting. Um, Twin Stars will be joined in the North by pretty much the old, all the old staples, Duluth, Sioux Falls, Med City, Dakota Fusion, uh, Eris is back, some uh, constantly somehow. for some reason, <laughs> somehow, and <laughs> <Yeah>. Joya... <laughs> <laughs> you gotta you gotta watch that money somehow yep and joy athletic <laughs> will be back looking to build on their inaugural season last year so really we're back to the size that we were used to with the npsl north um and if you've been a fan of minneapolis city for a while it's really just uh i guess vslt has been replaced by joy athletic and we're back to 2018 yeah absolutely and i think like as far as like my my thoughts on the season you know obviously everyone keeps a a keen eye on social media when players are being announced. And you look at, you look at the top half of the division, um, you know, from the last couple of years, and it's, it's been a three horse race between Minneapolis city, Duluth and med city. I don't see there being a a reason for that to change. That doesn't mean that it can't, there could be an M night Shyamalan twist again in, uh, in this version of the SL, the NPSL um, where maybe joy is figured out, you know how it works mm-hmm. um you know and they they've shown they can bring they can bring some of their talented players uh up from the youth ranks and graduate them into their senior team and and they they had some success but they also figured out that it's not youth soccer um in in the their debut season last year um definitely interested in seeing what the twin stars bring to the fold. we'll talk about them in a little bit um but Honestly, I, I think your your one, two, three is, is gonna kind of still be the battle. And then you're gonna have your four, five, and six, um, you know, maybe four and five um be be similar to what it was last year, potentially. And then your bottom half, I don't see Eris doing anything that's gonna scare anybody. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. <clears throat> but as far as what we have up, first up for the crows is the Minnesota Twin Stars, they're back, baby. Uh, a club with a long history in uh, in this league and and with Minneapolis City uh, since we joined in 2017. The Twin Stars are are not new to anyone that follows the murder, and for regional soccer fans, they're they're also not new as they were a founding member of the NPSL. They took that brief pandemic hiatus, uh, which I, I feel like there there was a good handful of clubs across the country that that did that. Um, but they they are coming back and joining the conference again in 2022. Uh, this is 
has been a, a fun and interesting rivalry since 2017. It has. Uh, you know, like there's just been like weird stuff. I mean, not all negative weird stuff. I mean, there was the there was the uh, the infamous um, technical difficulties game. Uh, <laughs> there was a biting incident in a groin area, which is always interesting. Um, all of a sudden, there was like a a full on production crew that showed up to to do like local broadcast TV for one of our games against them. Um, yeah, this kind of has has had Wait, everything. We didn't ask them to be here. They just showed up and. They just told us they were like we were like the local broadcast game of the week. Oh, so I wonder who so. organized that. <laughs> that was so. That was the same. That was the um. That was the also the Dick Stomp game. That was, that was another another, another stomping. Yeah, yeah. A, a lot of a lot of Dick Regent stuff mm-hmm. happening. Um, but when you take all <laughs> of that away, <laughs> when you take all of that away, um, the results have kind of gone the way of the Twin Stars up until about 2019 when the Crows began to kind of get a hold of these matches, but it's been competitive soccer uh, when, when you kind of throw the antics out of it, which has been great because we, we've kind of always wanted to have that, that in town or close to in town rivalry. Um, You know, we, when we started the conference, we had it with both twin stars and VSLT. Now VSLT has gone. Joy comes in. Now we have three teams in the area, which is nice because you're not only, um, you're not only having, uh, a match that people kind of circle on their calendar because they want to check it out because it's two teams that are close by, but also gives the opportunity for more players to have homes. And that's yeah. a, that's a, that's a really good thing. You mm-hmm. know, whether I believe in how those other two teams are set up or what they do, that's a different story. But when, when, when you kind of boil it down, it's, it, it really is. It's all about having opportunities for players, which is why we're all in this. So really happy to have them back in. Um, they, they typically deploy a, what I call like a, a hard-nosed Italian kind of three-five-two formation, um, and at the foundation of that over the years was Kareem Darbaki, who I see once again is on the roster. So a couple questions kind of pop in there. I've heard, you know, like, will he or won't he feature, it, or instead is he going to to take over? Uh, from what I've heard, maybe team management from his 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 father Yusuf Darbaki, who's the longtime head coach since the beginning, really. Yeah. Um, you know that we've seen. So maybe maybe there's another chapter turning over um, with uh, with that club with uh, with Yusuf maybe taking a little bit of a step back and Kareem taking taking uh, the reins. And I think it'd be great because Kareem's a great player, um, really good, really quality background that he he has, and uh, it would be nice to see you know the next gen kind of kind of get their shot. That would be interesting. And didn't Kareem manage Granite City last year? Yes. Okay. So and maybe I mean, he does this year. Who knows? Right. He might have some <laughs> other obligations that maybe he's on the roster, but he might not show up except in the games that, you know, that are the, the, the games under the, under the big lights, like against us and things like that. But, but we'll see. Um, he was always, always someone that would give us fits and knew knows how to play in the NPSL. That's for always sure. would he, he always scored a goal against us uh, mm-hmm. when we were at home always. Mm-hmm. And it was always, and it was always what seemed to be a backbreaker. Um, yep. But they've also produced a lot of really quality players. Um, I mean, over the years, we saw a lot of them migrate our way, um, just looking for something different. Um, but, you know, um, I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm excited they're back. I don't know if everyone is, but I am. No, I think it's going to be great. I, I, I honestly do. We haven't really seen the Twin Stars, though, John, in a few years. Like you said, they took some time off. Is this team still the 
you know, I don't want to say the pinnacle, but is this team still heavily involved in, in youth development? Do they have a youth organization still? I honestly have no idea what to expect from them. I haven't heard much since I think I we, co- we talked about it on the show years back, but they did have a very strange like merger situation a few years back between, I think there's some, co- there's some controversy in a, mer- in a merger that they had tried out between them and Eclipse. And then I thought there was a merger between that they were merging with Maple Brook and their website had, their website went down and Maple Brook took on their logo for a little bit. And now that's out the window. So I, 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 I guess no I, I'm not really sure what's going on with this team, but, but they, here they are in the NPSL. Yeah, I don't. I honestly, I don't even. I don't even want to pretend I know, because yeah. I don't. But as I noted, we'll <laughs> we'll find out what they are when the ball rolls out this weekend. But one thing you can bet on it um, is that they, they do have their pulse on on talent that's out there. Yeah. So uh, I, they'll they'll definitely draw on that. You know, whether it's Yusef or Kareem at the helm, uh, they're they're going to be able to bring in talent. I know some some players. There there'll be some familiar faces on their roster for sure. Um, that, that you've seen uh, before, but also they've they've been good at bringing players up the youth ranks as well. Uh, but for me, Nate, it's it's going to be a great test for for us to see how um, this by competition based model that the Crows are deploying their, with their senior roster. It'll be interesting because this will be the first time where we have back to back game days with yeah. the MPSL and the and USL two, and and we talked to Coach Mario. Um, but it'll be interesting to see, you know, how they deploy a roster for the first match, um, specifically for him, his first match in charge. It's another storyline we we kind of just forgot to mention yeah. <laughs> that uh, <laughs> we have a new head coach. Um, so uh, if you haven't checked out Marco, um, uh, Coach Marco on on our show, definitely go back and and listen to him uh, and, and get to know him a little more before before the ball rolls out uh, this weekend. But like are we going to have two distinct rosters? Are we going to have some sharing of players? Like how, how are we going to do it? You know, the college guys aren't quite back in yet. So maybe there's some opportunity for guys to get, you know, a half in each game. Mm-hmm. Um, who knows? So we'll, we'll definitely, we'll definitely find out, but it's another interesting storyline for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's going to be, it's going to be cool to see, like you said, is it going to be a matter of, there are some guys on the bench in, in Saturday's game that they just want to make sure they're warm in time for Sunday. Um, or is it going to be two totally separate rosters? I I really, we really have been kind of kept in the dark around how that's going to, that's going to work. So hopefully that, hopefully the management has it, has it taken care of. Well, you know, I'm not totally in the dark, Nate, but don't want to give him any trade, <laughs> trade secrets. That's right. That's right. I'm in <laughs> the dark, John. Y- yeah, you are in the dark, but if you're interested in, in checking out the game, I think I'm going to bring the kids. I think I'm going to go um, to, to the match. Um, it's oh, it's on Saturday, Saturday, May 7th at 7 p.m. away at Park Center High School. Um, you're all definitely good at using the internet by now. You can go check out where Park Figure Center High School is. is. Figure out where that is. <laughs> plug it into your into your device, and it'll it'll tell you exactly how to get there. Um, tickets, no clue. Just turn up with some cash and a card, and maybe you can get in to watch the game. Uh, so no idea on that. Stream also no clue, but I believe it's mandatory. Um, so check out Eleven Sports and and see uh, if, if there's a, if there's a um, uh, a match being <laughs> being broadcast. Um, I, I do believe there'll be something, but I just don't have any idea what it is right now. Yeah, that's an interesting point that this year all NPSL games are supposed to be streamed, no matter 
who the home team is. So Aris will not figure it out. Guarantee that. Yeah, that's right. Well, <laughs> let's move on up, John. The six team far north division of the USL two is by far the most exciting narrative for me this summer. Uh, between deep a buddy, deep that's it is deep north. I forget. Uh, <laughs> between a budding rivalry with Des Moines and a chance to see a lot of local talent coming from the St. Croix direction. This 12 game schedule is going to be really, really awesome. And it, and it is most games. Most teams have, have at least a home and away. Um, and that's what makes it a 12 game schedule. You've got St. Croix, you've got the St. Croix legends out there uh, in Stillwater. You got Des Moines menace, uh, Peoria city down there in the middle of Illinois somewhere. And then we've got our two Canadian teams, which yeah. are, gonna, which are really going to, yeah, it's so deep. That, that's what makes it deep because you've got the Thunder Bay Chill and FC Manitoba way up in Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if you're if you're going back historically, so uh, uh, post pandemic, like part of the pandemic when when soccer opened up again, I think it was a border closing issue where the, um, the Thunder Bay Chill and FC Manitoba did not feature in in the USL two. Yeah. Um, but now they're obviously able to come back. Um, so, but Thunder Bay Chill is no joke, man. They they have put out a quality outfit when they were when they were in the MPSL before the like the brief hiatus. Like they, I believe, went pretty deep in the playoffs a couple years. Um, always giving the the teams in their divisions fits. And there's there's a ton of talent in Canada, and I know for a fact because we get all of the player interest forms and there's tons of players from Canada looking to come to the U S this summer. And, um, and I know the talents there. So you'd have to huh. believe that a lot of that stays in Canada um, as opposed to sprinkling throughout the States. But uh, I, I'm really interested in, in seeing what, what they have to offer as well as FC Manitoba. I mean, that that's, it's an interesting trip for North American, uh, you know, for United States teams to, to, to go across the border because you kind of don't want to go, one weekend and then have to come back. You kind of want to hit the the swing. So I think yeah. a lot of their games are going to be like a like a, a a Saturday, a Friday, Sunday affair. So that could be really to their be- could be to their benefit. You know, for teams that don't want to take a large roster on a trip across the border, you got visa issues, uh, vaccination status, things like that that you that don't come into play in like the MPSL. So um, really interesting there. Peoria City being new, um, same with St. Croix. It'll be interesting to see there. I know St. Croix is going to be strong. Um, there, there's quite a few players that um, that were St. Croix kids growing up that were with us that chose to go back to St. Croix, which totally get. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as some players that uh, that didn't make the roster this year that are also strong. Um, so there's definitely going to be some names you know on on the St. Croix roster in Peoria City. Um, who knows? They're they're coached by the the head coach at Bradley. That was the uh, the head coach for former uh, Minneapolis City all time leading goal scorer Will Kidd when he was at Bradley. Um, this guy deploys like a man marking <laughs> system, uh, which is really unique. So who knows if he tries to deploy that at, at this level? We will see. And of course, you know the the team we got uh, got this weekend, which we'll talk about in a second, which everyone's probably heard of. Yeah, that's for sure. One thing to note, real quick. John, there are two teams that we play three times. That's how we're getting to it. That's how we're getting to 12, 12 game schedule. And that mm-hmm. means we play St. Croix and Peoria city thrice. How lucky would it be for us? If we find ourselves in a playoff push, if those two teams end up to be the weakest of the bunch. 
I mean, it'd be great. I don't, I think that what you're going to see out of the USL versus the NPSL is that there'll be less parity when it comes to how strong these teams are because of the league, the, the league status, I guess, or the stature of the USL too. So I think you're going to see a lot more, um, a lot more talent in this division than you would in the NPSL North. Not to say that there isn't talent in the NPSL North. I don't want to, I don't want anyone to think that there's mm-hmm. definitely talented players there, but when it comes to USL two and, and how these teams are built and, and where they're located, um, a lot of them are the only thing in town outside sure. of St. Croix and us. Um, and we've already talked about there's, there's plenty of opportunities for players to play in, in this area, but the the cream kind of bubbles at the top in the area when it comes to USL versus the NPSL. So, okay. um, so I would look at, you know, like there may not be like a clear bottom feeding set of teams like there might be in the NPSL or the US or the UPSL, like there is across the country in, in those two leagues. I think this is going to be a little bit different where, where everyone, everyone is, is decent. Um, but, you know, first up for the Crows, Des Moines Menace. Don't think I need to talk a lot about them because we already did on the show when we were going into the Open Cup. But they are the reigning uh, national champions from 2021. So thanks for the gift, schedule makers, <laughs> scheduling <laughs> us with uh, with with them. But um, this club is is the gold standard at the highest level of pre-professional soccer, and and I think some folks in uh, in North Carolina uh, with with the team in. Uh, the two teams out there uh, that are in the USL two may have a, uh, a bone to pick with me after saying that, but historically speaking, the Des Moines Menace have been the gold standard in the old PDL and now the USL two. Um, they they've they've kicked out more pros than almost any club at this level. They've won trophies all over the place, trophies on trophies, and we we just finished facing them in the in the Open Cup. So what? So we know what to basically expect there, there's going to be some ballers nate there there's going to mm-hmm. be some of the guys that we saw that, that there's there's a little bit of an overlap but if you if you ask me do i think that's going to be the same guys that we face i would say no i think it's going to be there's going to be some um but i really do feel like how they're typically built a lot of the guys that we faced in the open cup were guys that uh were they were hired hands for that for that tournament um or borrowed for uh, alone, I guess you could say, for the tournament uh, from higher ranks of soccer. So there is an opportunity where it's going to be different. But, you know, what it means for us and for this conference, you might ask, is this might be the best chance we have at the champions. Um, you know, they may not have their full side in this early. Typically, they haven't. Um, but that didn't seem to deter them, you know, like I said, from the Open Cup and trotting out some really good players. So we might actually have the opportunity where we have been training longer together, um, building off the momentum of the last game that we played against them in, um, fitting in a few more pieces that weren't there in the Open Cup game that I, I think maybe are, are are ones that we can watch out for. And we'll talk about that here in a little bit. But I think this could be our shot at taking down the champs. And it'd be a real big statement for us if we could do that. <laughs> Yeah, I think this really is a revenge game for us, whether or not it's the same players on the other side of the field, right? Um, mm-hmm. It's an organization that knows how to build a team. Like you said, even though we might not see a lot of the mercenaries that we went up against in the Open Cup, I don't know. It's, I feel like we're still going to be hard-pressed to come away 
from our home opener with the W. Yeah. Well, you, you think that's going to be hard to I think it's going to be tough. Oh yeah. I, I, oh yeah. It's definitely going to be tough, but if you, ha- if the stars aligned, you know, the, op- the open coat, if the open cup showed us anything, it's that we can compete with this club and this team. Um, yes. We both are missing some players. I mean, they have some real solid players coming in from the division one ranks that I know of. Um, but I feel like the core pieces of what we were missing, and I kind of alluded to it briefly before we were missing some key players in that match that I think would have potentially turned the tide a little bit. I don't think it would have maybe, I don't think maybe it meant like guaranteed win if we had this guy, but what I'm trying, what I'm saying is, is like, there were, I mean, (laughs) Luik went out as a high school kid and played 90 minutes and scored a goal. Like, yes, he performed, but if you were asking me ahead of time and we didn't have, you know, some of the players that we, we know we have, I would have been like, Ugh, I don't know, man, like this is what we're doing. But then some of those guys mm-hmm. performed. So you add on to that with the other players we have, you know, I, I think it could potentially be, be something special, but the nice thing I think Nate is this whole year, we don't have the weight on our shoulders. Like we do in the MPSL as that team with the target on our back. That's, yeah. that's Des Moines. That's Des Moines problem to have. Um, you know, being, being the national champion and we're not the focal point. So with that comes the ease of kind of just going out, playing soccer, doing our best, learning what we can learn. Um, like we've done in the first year of every league we've been in and from through that course, correcting anything that we learn or we need to do in the second year and, and potentially then, you know, use this year as our, our feeling out process, like, you know, kind of our, 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 our test case also to see how like the senior roster stuff works out as well. Um, but with all that said, Nate, I want to win the conference. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I, I don't want to, I don't want to say like, we come in last, like it's just a learning experience. Fuck that. We, we, we're not coming in last. <laughs> yeah. That's, I want to win. Right. I want to mm-hmm. win. <laughs> I think that's a good point. And, and for me, it's, it's just a reminder that like we have been for a while conditioned to expect the win. And now it's like, there's a whole new dimension added to being a Minneapolis city fan. And that like, we might lose these games. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And what do you, what, I mean, that's, it sounds, I don't want it to be negative about it, but it's totally, it's actually a little bit exciting that like, there's some, there's some nail biting to it. It's not like we're playing, you know, we're playing video games on easy mode anymore. It's like, what happens if we crank it up to legendary? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Excuse me. Absolutely. And and what we've learned with Minneapolis city in the past is that we tend to play down to competition and we tend to get up for bigger games. Mm-hmm. So like if every game's a bigger game, that's good. And yeah, it means maybe it, we, we, we drop a three, two, game or we you know we 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 dip in form for a week or two and and we see a string of losses together which we've never seen before um that stuff can all happen but that's also soccer and it's what makes it exciting instead of it just being like oh you know another year where we might go undefeated in the npsl you know which is great don't get me wrong but (laughs) at at some point it, it also is like it loses a little bit of a, of its luster in my opinion. And yeah. I think it's okay to say that I, I really do. Um, this is my take. I don't know if anyone agrees with me, but <laughs> I say all that with me also saying, 
I want to win. I want to win. I want to win. Yeah, exactly. But if we don't win, it's, it's, it's a learning experience. And it just means that we have to figure out how to course correct for next year. And then the, the, the monkey is on our back next year for sure. So well, game, I mean, the big game, the big, the big opener, the debut yeah, game, game details, Sunday, 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 May 8th, 3 p.m. Mother's Day. So why not bring your mom? So why not piss your wife off? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Can't wait for that to happen. <laughs> Sunday, May 8th, Mother's Day, 3 p.m. at home, Edor Nelson Field on the campus of Augsburg University. You all know where it is. Tickets at mplscsc.com. $15 general admission, $7 for students. I believe that's also kid price to a certain age. Uh, we'll call them students as well. And then for 50 bucks, there's the crow's nest. We didn't talk about that yet, Nate. Is it still bucks. open? Yeah, the crow's nest is still open from what I believe, uh, unless someone someone snagged it up. But if you're interested in future games at the crow's nest, 50 bucks gets you a table side at pitch side. And we know it's 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 the tight confines of the Nelly. So uh, a pitch side tent with a table, especially when weather's kind of coming down, might not be a bad idea. Um, mm-hmm. So grab grab some friends and uh, and and join us at the Crow's Nest. Fifty bucks, not a bad deal. As far as the stream goes, you bet your ass there's going to be a stream. Nordo <laughs> and I will be on the mic uh, on the on the mic, so you can catch all the action on Eleven Sports uh, and keep a lookout on our sh- social channels. I just saw that uh that that link for the match was just posted on twitter by the club so you can uh you can check out the link there and uh yeah man uh, <laughs> are we gonna have a stream <laughs> get real is the pope catholic come on <laughs> folks we are uh john one one thing i want to talk about next is you may have noticed there are going to be a lot of games this lot. season a lot of games this season um and that means that you and I have had to make some, we're going to make some adjustments in how we cover those games in this here podcast. One thing that, you know, people might be used to doing is, is listening and kind of hearing our recap of the game, almost our play by play, how the goals came, um, the, the flow of, of play and kind of how the, how the momentum shifted from one moment to the next. We're not going to be doing that anymore um, because we will be, we, yeah, it's just so much like that. Each show will be two hours. Like there's just no way to cover two, three. I, it was hard enough last year to cover two games, much less three, maybe four in a week span um, between, between shows. That's just crazy talk. Mm-hmm. So what we're going to do this year is we've added our, we've added some staff. We can, we can say, <laughs> and, uh, and every game will get a, a play by play, a game by a, every game. will get a recap. Uh, Posted by our, I guess our city, our official city archivist, Correspo- correspondent, <laughs> correspondent Kyle Elias, and Kyle does all of the uh, all of the did the U.S. Open recap. He does a lot of the writing in in a, in some of the other places you'll see online about Minneapolis City, and and Kyle's just basically going to every after every game write up his write up his recap, read it into a microphone, and post it on the People's Pitch podcast. And you'll see those episodes popping up without like an episode number. You'll see them popping up separately as recap of Minneapolis City versus Des Moines Menace. And that means that frees you and I up, John, to do some weekly podcasts 
that cover off on some of those higher level in-game seasonal narr- and seasonal narratives. And then, of course, make sure to preview the next action for each team. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and that means there's there's going to give us a little bit of opportunity to to dive in a little bit more into the narratives of, of each conference as well. Um, playoff scenarios, things like that. Uh, anything else, John, that, that you think we're going to be able to uh, able to cover off on without without the uh, the, the recaps? being a part of the well, show i mean we're i don't want to i don't want the cat out of the bag here but we're doing some in-stadium things too and some oh. in-stream things too that i think are are should be noted nate don't you that's right yeah uh i mean we'll be we'll be adding for our usl2 games we'll be adding a sideline reporter um actually it's going to be a sideline reporter by committee so we, we uh we'll, we'll talk a little bit more in depth about about what that is uh and who those folks are uh once you hear their voices um but we're going to have um a third obviously a, a third member to our broadcast team um for each usl2 game um we're going to have maybe some additional cameras uh that are that are going to be around the stadium as well think of like what what happened in the playoffs um mm-hmm. well also, there's also the uh some some you know we talked about them before the the promotions that are going on for the folks that didn't listen to the last episode we have the promotions um you know maybe some in-game stuff there we'll have you know gunner from the uh, south side barber lounge doing beard trims uh you know we'll have the food truck we'll have we'll have it all it, why why not come down you're gonna have everything you need <laughs> that's right um, so yeah, we'll have, we'll have some 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 really cool stuff there that will will also add to the to the the game day experience. But also, like you mentioned, the stuff for the pod. I think it's it's perfect. Kyle's already writing this stuff, so why would we uh, would we want to want to go do that um, and uh, and just basically reread what he has to say in our own words? So I think it'll be it'll be interesting, much like the the senior roster this year having to do multiple competitions as a, as a, a single unit. We also have to do multiple competitions on the show. <laughs> so let's make it easier for ourselves. But I did want to mention one thing that, that came out that, uh, that I didn't put in our, our show notes here is that the USL league two came out with their, their power rankings, their top 25, Nate. They did. And, uh, yeah. Today just popped up. And uh, at number nine is uh, a, is a familiar club and that's Minneapolis city. And uh, wow. I'll just read the, the little write-up here. So we're we're now in the top ten of a league we haven't played in yet. Um, but here's here's what they what it's the a league trap. Had to it's say. a trap. Yeah, here's the league had to say. This is the, our second expansion team in our top ten. Minneapolis City has been a top club in the amateur ranks prior to joining the league to this season. Well, yeah, that's true. Uh, the Crows had the best record that anyone in their former league had, winning ten straight matches at one point last season. They've already gone up against the Moines Menace in the Open Cup, losing four to two in an absolute thriller of a match. Yep, <laughs> a little True. thing called a vanger happened. Uh, the club will also have a strong backing with supporters group. The citizens uh, is expected to pack Edor Nelson Field for their home opener, a rematch against the Des Moines Menace. So there it is. Wow! Look at that. Look at that. Uh, Des Moines Menace comes in at two. So uh, there's that. Let's see if I can pull up the, the top 25 real quick. Uh, yeah, here we go. Uh, bear with me one second. Uh, real quickly running them down. North Carolina Fusion, U23, uh, who lost to Des Moines Menace in the final last year. That's that one of the teams I was talking about in the Carolinas that might not want to hear what I had to say. Um, the Des Moines Menace, Capital City FC, uh, one Knoxville SC, Western Mass Pioneers, 
Uh, number six, Kalamazoo FC, former NPSL team. Uh, Westchester United, another former uh, former NPSL team uh, from, from the past. South Georgia, Tormenta FC2. Minneapolis City, Flint City Bucks. South Carolina United, Second United Phantoms, Long Island Rough Riders, great name. Uh, mm. The Vermont, the Vermont Green FC, our, 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 friend, uh, our yeah. buddy Matt Wolf. The Villages SC at fifteen. Ocean City Northeasterners uh, at sixteen. The Boston Bolts, Mississippi Brilla FC, PDX FC out of uh, out of Portland, um, Ballard FC. No idea where they're from. West Virginia United, Lionsbridge FC, FC United Chicago, Kings Hammer FC, and Park City Red Wolves are the uh, the top twenty five. So you don't see our uh, our our friend Jonathan Wardlaw's uh, team in there. You don't see our our friends in Ann Arbor. You don't see Oakland in there. Um, so yeah, interesting man. We're uh, it is interesting. We're, we're ranked pretty darn high. And uh, why Vermont? Like, wonder what's going on. What they know about what's going on in Vermont, where they're going to rank them high? I have no idea. I don't know how these are tabulated. I know none of that. Uh, but all I know is that they put us at number nine and number two, the Des Moines Menace, and they put us against each other in the first match. So, I think they were trying to tell the fans something. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't right. know if you. If, I mean, that's a, that's a lot to talk about today. We got we went through three different. Uh, teams worth of of logistical items as well as talk to me a little bit about how we're leveling up on the season both on the pod and in the booth for your game day streaming experience john uh thank you everyone for listening to this week's show thank you to our wonderful show sponsor footballstadiumprints.com uh it's just about time time to time to gear up if you've waited too long if you're in the market for some supremely curated soccer-focused graphic design on all of your things, mugs, t-shirts, walls, head over to footballstadiumprints.com and fill up that cart. There's also uh, he's also dipping his toes into the NFT game. If you follow him on Twitter, there's gonna be there, he's doing some cool stuff. Um, don't forget when you check out after you buy your mug, t-shirt, whatever, uh, you can use the code Crows. 10 for 10% off everything you can purchase besides the NFTs. And remember, all US orders ship right from the states so there's no international shipping charges. Uh remember, Minneapolis City is a 501c3 organization. We're going to be out in the community this summer partnering with organizations like Soul of the City's Futsal League uh, to bring the beautiful game to all of the little children. Uh, consider beefing up that tax deduction ahead of next year through a charitable gift to the club. Uh, if you're interested in getting a hold of the club, we have made it simple. You can hit the club up on Twitter at MPLS City SC, or you can hit up the show directly at The People's Pitch, or you can email us at podcast at gmail.com. That is all for this week. I am Nate. That was John. Oh my God. I can just feel it. We are so close. Uh, T minus a matter of hours before live soccer kicks off at the Nelly. Make sure you get out this week, whether it's Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday, or all free. Go get those tickets and. Yeah. Huh?